Welcome back to the Stabcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Mindy, and we're here for a special almost Halloween edition. Yeah, that's pretty much, yes, yeah, the Halloween edition of the Stabcast, and we're here with Five Nights at Freddy's, the brand new movie just dropped last weekend on Peacock and the movie theaters. Yep, everyone's going crazy for it, little kids plus older people and I I just want to say this real quick this is a little quick PSA if you have children under the age of like 10 don't take them I mean yeah. unless they're children that are like fucked up and morbid like Daniel and I but yeah. I mean there is some pretty and I mean it's not like gory or anything like that and it's not like filled with to the brim with kills or anything. But I just I don't think that it's child appropriate. So and no it's not no it's not. I agree with you. This movie is an anomaly to me right now. Uh it's it's crazy to <laughs> this me. This movie's full of Daniel's mind. It's blowing my mind on multiple reasons because and I, I keep calling back to this one episode. But when we talked about Slender Man, that's another case of a a video game and like blowing up when I was in school and then them making a movie on it seemingly too late. And now for, for, uh, Five Nights at Freddy's is more of a franchise than Slender Man ever was. So there's a lot more to go on and stuff. But it's like, oh, my God. Well, they're for 25 bucks. Yeah, there's a lot of lore on the shit. But it just seemed like it's like now, oh my God, they're doing a Five Night and Freddy's, okay. And uh, this is drastically different. And not only in quality from Slender Man, but also critical reception, financial. This is this is already making a shitload of money. But on a twenty million dollar budget. I feel like budget. this is more of a hollow. I feel like this is more of a Hollywood production than Slender Man was. Maybe I don't know. I'd have to look up the budget for Slenderman again, but I think it's in the same. Uh, I mean, know. I think they're technically in the same spot. I mean, I think they technically both went to theaters and everything, but like, I mean, looking at the film quality of the two of them, I would definitely have to say that they had a better cinematographer. I think they had a better everything. Five Nights at Freddy's is a better movie. I'm not scared to say that. I just because I was able to see the entire fucking thing, and sometimes it was dark. It's crazy to me how, you know, Josh Hutcherson, a pretty good leading man, but not like a Brad Pitt, and also this thing's on Peacock too. You can watch it for or not free, but whatever you pay for Peacock. That's how we watched it. So the fact that this still made yeah. 132 mil so far at the box office, and it's only been a few days, it's pretty crazy. And that's worldwide. It's worldwide. 80, 
80 mil is uh, the U.S. numbers, so they're doing yeah. it separately. They're killing it. Yeah. I mean, and a lot of people I've heard have made the assumption that Josh Hutchinson is a dad in this. I just want to. I just want to play. I, I just want to put it down right now. He is not a dad. Look at no. that man. Look at any picture of that dude. He has got probably more of a baby face than I do. And people ask me for my ID still, and I'm 33. <laughs> and I'm not talking about like, oh, can I have your ID? Because um, I'm at the gas station getting getting something. No, I mean like, I don't believe you. Let me see your ID, please. No, <sighs> ma'am, I, I promise, I promise you. And I'm just taking care of you. I shouldn't have to show you my ID. Show you, show me your ID because you're a minor. Oh, okay. Here you go. You're 33. Is this fake? No. I would still say that the guy probably has looks a little bit younger than me. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not to other people, but as far as I'm concerned, I think he looks even younger than I do. Yeah, he's a young-looking guy. Uh, yeah. And I don't think he's a dad in, in real life either. No, so. and I just think that the reason why he's 31 years old from this guy is because he's going to be a dad. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm trying, and that's what I'm trying to say. He could be a dad. He really could, but I feel for how young he looks and the per, the girl that they chose to be his sister, I feel that the two of them had a brother sister chemistry. I feel like if you would have made him a dad and made him the daughter, I don't think this would have done as well. Just saying. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you agree. I just feel like it would be a different a different dynamic in a different well, way. Well, not all, like yes, I agree with all that too. But also, like it just that takes away the movie because it's the the whole plot, and we'll get into it. But the whole plot with his brother and stuff. So him having a sister afterwards, and especially for some difficult choices he ends up having to make like that that kind of makes the film and the the plot and stuff so like if you just say oh no it's just like he's the dad and it's like just to make it more emotional i guess like it doesn't make any fucking sense i think it works that yeah it's his sister. i mean it's yeah would have ruined like it, it rips apart the movie it, it doesn't like that's a sister I, I don't know what else she, i don't know how you could watch this and think that if if you like listen to any i don't dialogue. know either there's a few reviewers out there that i'm like what did did we watch the same thing? Yeah. Because like she doesn't sense. say dad once. I mean, fuck, she barely talks to him. Yeah, they seem to have a good relationship, but it's very. And much when she like does, the, it's not dad. Yeah. No, I. I mean, I, I he never called her his daughter. No, he never did. He never did. But yeah, so we'll get into it. Daniel, you want to kick us off? Yeah, we can kick us off. I'll kick us off. Uh, Mike okay. Schmidt, that's who Josh is. Uh, <laughs> my boy Mike. Basically, and you you know a lot of the background more, because I played this game twice. I played this game twice when I was younger. 
I thought it was kind of cool. It was kind of spooky. But as far as I just, I'm going on what I know of the movie. Because I, I, I watched the movie okay. yesterday. It was very good. Well, I kind of feel uh, like that's how we should. I mean, yeah. at the end, I can go. At the end, I'll go over some differences. But I mean, I feel like since we're reviewing the movie, we should just do the movie, and then at the end, I'll go over the differences. Yes. So basically, Mike works at the mall as a security guard. Uh, he sprints past. <laughs> he sees a dude. With his little girl, and he assumes that it's not his little girl. It's not his daughter, I guess. And he sprints towards him, and he fucking tackles him. Into, and if he would have just tackled him by the water fountain, I think it would have been okay. But then he proceeds to beat the fucking shit out of this guy. And, uh, and he was in the middle of the mall, too. Yeah. So he needs work. It's the steps that Mike's fucked up. Josh Hutcherson's character is kind of fucked up in the head. And he needs work. And he ends up going to uh, good old Matthew Lillard, uh, Prince Charles, well, the, well, the guy. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're getting ahead of yourself. You're getting ahead of yourself. All right, well, I don't want to do, why... do it. I don't like doing out the whole plot. That's not my shit. I talk about Okay, I'll do it then. Okay, All I'll right. do it then. So basically after that whole incident, he got fired from his security job at the mall, which is where he did this incident. So, I mean, he's in a lot of motherfuckers. Sorry, I'm trying to watch my mouth. He is in a lot of trouble. So he um, ends up having to go to court for Abby because his parents left him in charge, especially his mother, who we know is dead. The father, we don't know if he's dead or if he's alive. They don't really say. They just kind of say that he's gone. Right. So I'm guessing that he probably signed over parental rights or something. I don't know. But because of this, his mother's sister, I don't know. I don't know if it's the mother's sister or the dead sister, but his cranky-ass aunt, aunt who has, like, a stick-up or butt, she, she wants the cat. She wants her. And she is willing to get her at no at no cost. <laughs> so when he had the debacle and whatnot, she took him to court because she wants Abby. So she's trying to prove to the court, like, look how irresponsible he is. That he beat up a man in the middle of a mall in front of his own kid. Yeah. And she had her lawyer done. All he does... Yeah, Lawyer Doug. Shout out shout out to Lawyer Doug. He was I felt so bad for him. He he knew that he was in the middle of some shady ish stuff. He was trying to get out of it and it just poor Doug, he didn't have a chance. He poor guy. But um so basically Josh makes a deal with the court to let him find a job at least. Like give him give him a couple weeks. And they do so because I mean it's like his first incident, I guess. I mean I guess he is a hothead, but I guess it was like his first legal incident. So they kinda they didn't they didn't let it slide, but they're like, okay, we'll find a job. That's when he ends up in the office of the career counselor, which is what's his name, Daniel? 
That uh, well, it's Matthew. That's Steve. Steve Raglan is is the guy's name. Steve Raglan. Okay. Yeah, Steve Raglan. And Steve doesn't really want anything to do with him. Actually, he kind of wants Mike just to get the fuck out. Sorry, get the heck out of his office. I mean, we're talking about horror. We're rated R. I mean, fuck it, you know. Yeah, but I've had some comments on my vulgarity, so I'm trying okay. to dial it back a little bit. Well, that's very nice. So, yeah. Um, I, I mean, unfortunately, I do swear like a sailor, so some of it's just going to come out like word vomit, but we'll yeah. do what we can. Um, but anyways, he wants nothing to do with Mike. He wants Mike to get out of there. And then all of a sudden, he asks Mike what his last name is. And Mike's like, my last name is Schmidt. And like all of a sudden, the guy's like, oh, well, why don't you come over here and take a seat? It turns out I do have a job for you. <laughs> and he's like, What? And he proceeds to tell him about the security job at Freddy's Fazbear's, which is basically like a local pizza animatronic chain thing. And even though they're shut down, they still have a security guard there, which Mike doesn't question. And Mike is actually kind of sketched out to this to the point where he doesn't take the job at first. He's, He's hesitant. But then once he figures out that he has no choice, then he goes back and he takes the job. And the first night, it's pretty, pretty copacetic. Nothing really happens. And then you find out that Auntie Jane is up to some shady stuff. And she's got his babysitter who helps him with his sister um, working with her. Along with the babysitter's really, really, really bad person boyfriend. Like, he's just, he's awful. He's a horrible person. And Jane, huh? I thought it was her brother, the babysitter's brother. No. I wasn't, I'm not sure because he called her babe. Oh, okay. My bad. So... That's why I'm thinking it's I I believe it was her boyfriend and then her okay. brother, but Makes the sense. one sitting at the table making the deal was her boyfriend. Gotcha. So, sorry about that, guys. That was Aunt Sharon, our permanent guest star. Um, so after that, they figure out they they figure out like look, we're going to wait for him to leave, and then we're going to go in and we're going to trash the place. Easy peasy. And they did not bank on the fact that um, at Freddy Fazbear's, there's something weird lurking around every corner. And that is because all of the animatronics are cursed, and I'm not going to tell you how they're cursed just yet, because that's going to give away the entire movie, but they're cursed, so they can move around, they can kill people, they can do whatever the heck they want. Um, I did describe them to my family as more of a weeping angel, in the sense of the fact of, like, yeah, they will move if they're 
if like your eyes are on them sometimes, but mostly they don't move unless your back's turned to them. Yeah. Mostly, most of the time. So honestly, it was like really fun to be a viewer during this because you were able to be like, whoa, 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 what's that? Oh my gosh, what's that? Because there was a lot going on for the audience than there was in the actual story. And I think they did a really good job of doing that. And then the people break in and they get to going and the animatronics, they're not happy about this. They just, they want to be left alone. Like, leave them alone. They didn't do anything. I'm sorry about this, guys. Precious! I apologize. (laughs) Yeah, and those people got fucked up and it was hilarious. Yeah, so basically you kind of wanted to feel bad for at least the babysitter. But at the end of the day, she sold them out, so you can't really feel that bad for her. But she was our first kill. Yeah. And um, she, she got bit in half. Well, wasn't the first but, kill? Didn't one of the, one of the people that came with them got their face eaten by Mr. Oh, Cupcake. I think her brother got the face eaten first. I think her brother was the first kill. No, I think she was the last one, right? Or, she was the last kill. But, uh... Or the last kill of that group. Yeah. But, uh... No, I think it was because hers was so focused on. Yeah. They all got fucked up, though. It was amazing. Even her getting chopped. That was so quick. And it was so like you could have missed it. It was good though. Good kill. They did a really good job with all of with all of their kills. Honestly, that's why I'm saying like that's why I'm like cap at the age at like ten. Because like you don't want little little kids seeing this. But if your kids ten, they can handle stuff like that. Then it's not going to scar them for life. So, anyways. Jane's wondering where the heck her lackey people are. Uh, the babysitter's not answering. So he's going to leave Abby with the aunt. And Abby's not pleased. So Abby ends up going to work with him. And she promises, like, I'm just going to sleep the whole time in your office. I won't even come out. Well, she breaks that promise, which every eight-year-old girl would do. I mean, she's practically in the middle of a Chuck E. Cheese. Of course she's going to go. And I mean, how can you not think that she's going out of the office at some point? At some point she's going to come out. Oh, and guys, I'm sorry. I forgot to include this. This entire time there's some sketchy, like really sketchy, and I'm not talking about sketchy looking because she was really nice looking, but some sketchy acting police officer who just happens to keep coming by Freddy's. Like, and it's not because, like, she has a crush on, like, Mike or anything. She just is there. Yeah. But she kind of develops a crush on Yeah, Mike. and you can tell she was looking out for Mike. Well, yeah, I think she gets feelings for him towards the end, but I feel like at first it was just weird her being there, not knowing the subtext to who she was. Yeah. 
And um, so then she she shows up and she's like, you shouldn't be bringing your sister here. And she finds out that her sister is surrounded by, well, that his sister is surrounded by all of the animatronics and they like her. They like her a lot. So she switches gears to like, well, you should let her play with them and whatnot. And this entire time, he keeps having this weird dream about him being a little boy. And you put two and two together and you figure out that he's like in some kind of park with his parents. And he has a little brother named Garrett. And he's supposed to be watching Garrett while his mom goes to do something. And he takes his eyes off of him for one second. You know how it is. Garrett gets snatched up and taken off in a car. Now, Mike's used to this dream. Ever since he's been going to study fast there, so it becomes more of a prominent dream. It's much more vivid. And he feels like he's able to, like, consciously kind of, like, walk through it. Yeah. And he realizes that, like, there's, like, five weird kids standing there. So, like, at first he lets it go. And then he has has a frame again. And then he's like, wait, do you guys know who that is? Do you guys know who took him? And, like, at first these kids aren't responding at all. And yeah. then one of them touches them, and he's out like a light. And the kid's got a scary-looking face. And, I, I mean, I will have to say, if you're into jump scares, that one will get you. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so, like, basically, if you're kind of wondering why the hack hasn't he left the job yet, it because he, want to, he wants to find out what happened to his brother. Yeah, and also he doesn't want to lose uh, his little sister. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't yeah want but to he lose could that. find a different job. Yeah, but it also seems like they're kind of banking on that check. Yeah, I mean, I will, I will give it, I will give it to you, but I'm sure there I mean, are some people good. wondering why he wouldn't just leave. At the beginning, I don't know if y'all caught this, when he came home from, after he punched the the one guy out, there was a foreclosure notice on his front door. Yeah. So he was was losing the house, too. Not only to keep the sister, but to keep the house. Yeah, so he needs money. Okay. But if he doesn't have a house, he, he loses the, the sister, too, obviously, and then the aunt gets what she wants, and he's fucked. So keeping the job is a big priority. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so for those of you thinking, why wouldn't he just quit? That's why, basically. Yeah. And the sister gets more and more entangled in the web of, like, the animatronics being her friends. Because his sister is very special. They don't explain it or anything. It's like she's autistic or what she is, but she does draw a lot. Yes. And she is very quiet. She doesn't like to talk to people or even much at all. 
No, so. she, she only talks to her imaginary friends. And she's considered like, like they, they never put a label. She's just a weird kid. They just consider her a weird kid. Because, well, like uh, the aunt says something about her being disturbed. In the beginning, when they're arguing over her well-being, she oh, said, yeah. I don't think that he's capable of taking care of a child who's unwell. The aunt, the aunt so, was a fucking asshole. He just wanted to take it to Yeah. Yeah, she just because wanted to check. Just... He even called it. Yeah, she wants that monthly pay. He even he even said himself, he just wants her for the check. He doesn't. She doesn't want her because she cares. And I mean, and I couldn't agree with him more because, like, in his situation where he's sitting, he's probably like, "Somebody, please take her." Like, I don't want to be a dad. I'm her brother. But I think he was also a little overprotective, though, because of the what happened to his brother. Because he didn't see his brother ever again. So um, that's why this dream is so incredibly important to him. And he has the dream again, and the kids actually start speaking to him. And the one blonde boy who basically you see the most is like, we like Abby. And yeah. we want her. Can we have her? And he doesn't understand what's going on. So he just like groggily agrees to it. Because, I mean, like I said, he doesn't remember what in the world is happening. And what they're talking about. So he agrees to it. And then all of a sudden you see... Like, we see him, like, as a grown-up, but his brother's there, and his parents are there sitting at the table, and they're talking to him like he's little. Yeah. And they're like, come on, don't you want to sit down and eat? Like, she eats something, and he's, like, thinking about it, and he's like, oh, no, and he puts two and two together, that he just sacrificed his sister so he could go back in time and have that perfect life with his parents and his brother. And once he realized this mistake, he tried to correct it. That was crazy. It was, And it was still like, and one of the things I like about uh, Josh in this movie and I like about Mike's character is it's it's a very flawed character, and it's a very yeah. uh, like he's not just a typical stoic down on his luck guy. He like the movie presents him with like various opportunities to be a good guy and to be an asshole, and he capitalizes on both of them. And, uh, and the way he plays the character too, I think it's kind of the heart of the movie, and I I, I think yeah. that's kind of what carries this whole thing. And the fantastical stuff's cool. And the animatronics coming to life and fucking people up. And them hanging out with, like, uh, Abby and spending time. And the cop, like, everything else ties together and makes it a good movie. But Yeah, he, but his acting it, is what yeah. pulls it. It really seemed to lay on his performance. And uh, I think he did a really good job. And even in that moment to where you see the look in his eyes when he's like, 
Yeah, like in I a heartbeat, you can forgot. tell he misses his brother so much. He misses his brother so much that he's like, yes, yes, of course. And then he's like, fuck, wait, what? And he's like, I, I love Abby too. Holy shit, what did I do? And something's different. The And I like because they presented it in a way to where he was fine with trading Abby for his brother. But then when he found out that he wasn't even going to really get his brother, then he seemed kind of, right. wait, what the fuck? Something's not right. Something's not right. I like that it didn't – the movie kind of stuck to the fact that he does love his brother, like, so much, and probably more than Abby. Right, and I think he, would, he feels guilty. He feels like it's his fault that his brother is gone. Yeah, so he – but he yeah. even said he would trade her for him, and then not only – it was only – at least in my eyes, at least how I watched the movie, it seemed like he was only, like, let's let's take it back, let's fucking – I'm not cool with this deal. Once it seemed like his brother really wasn't his brother and he wasn't going to get that. Right. Then he seemed to be like, oh shit, I'm going to lose Abby and I'm fucked. Maybe it was more yeah. of like, a, no, I realized what I did was wrong, but I'd like to think it was the other one because that's much less generic. And I, I think okay, I, I respect well, we can go, We can go with the other one, but I, I thought it was the latter. Well, yeah, it, it probably is, and that's probably how people would would explain it. It's like he last minute he was, or like as soon as he did, he was like, "No, this is the wrong thing." But because he know. just answered too quickly for me, for me, yeah, he, he didn't did. seem to even think. That's how much he. It just seemed brother. to be a gut reaction, and then he's like, "Oh no, no, no." Yeah. No, I'm with you. I just I, I really like that scene in, in particular because it's one of those. Because you would expect him to say no right away. So the fact that he said yes, and it, it, it really, it, it was a, it was an intense scene in the movie. I liked it. Yeah, and I like the way that they, like, didn't, I like the way they did it, too. Like, they didn't, like, let him time travel or anything like that. But they put him back in the situation in the park, but we didn't see him as his family was seeing him. His family was seeing him as a child. We were seeing him as an adult. That's true. And I think the movie did that perfectly. Because I think had we seen him as a child, we would have been like, well, yeah, like that's where you're happiest. That makes complete sense. Go ahead. But the way that they did it, it's like, no, it's like already concrete, dude. Like you're making a mistake. Yeah. You're fucking up, Bob. Yeah. So, anyways, sorry. I'll get I'll get through it a little bit quicker. Um. Anyways, uh, push push comes to shove, and he figures out the darkness behind the animatronics and the police officer and everything else. And he finds out that Freddy Fazbear's is actually created by a man called William Atkins. Anton, or Afton, and William Afton not only created Freddy Fazbear's and everything, but he was a serial child murderer, and he was known to be stuffing the children that he killed in the animatronics. And um, so all of a sudden, like, 
push comes to shove, golden golden Freddy, you say, and like it's come to the conclusion and everything, and then that's when we get our big, well, one of our big reveals is that William Afton is in fact Steve, the career counselor. Yeah. One of the biggest... And he's also the kidnapper of Mike's younger brother. Which is why Mike got the job, because he realized who he was when he saw the last name. Like, that's screwed up. Oh, yeah. And then you find out... Then you find out the girl that's been helping him this entire time, it's his daughter. Yeah. And she knows. And she knows. It was a crazy reveal. Uh, I, I I couldn't believe it. I, I think it was probably the biggest twist in the movie when he takes the mask off and uh, he does a Scooby-Doo, which really made somebody that we were watching it with very happy. And uh Yeah, my fiance was quite happy about about that. He got a real kick out of that. But for me, I'm sure Daniel heard the same thing. For me, it was more of his voice when he was in the bear right before the reveal because he starts to get a little still mockery. Yeah. He starts to have that cynical funniness about him and and in his voice. The like, you hit me with the phone, dick kind of voice. So yeah, he did, he did put it on a little bit for sure. Yeah, so that's why I was like, oh, wait, that's him. So, I mean, and I kind of already knew because I watched my fiance play the video games and, and whatnot and we've watched other people play them. So like I kinda already knew it, but like as soon as I heard him talking, I was like, Oh that's the same person. And then he took his mask off and I was like, Okay, I was right. Whew. But I don't know if it was the same for you. It was just for me it just felt like him. Like back and scream like uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go be right back and yeah just yeah for me it just it just seemed like he had that doozy campiness going on he did he did, he was like zoinks <laughs> I mean it wasn't present throughout the entire movie but I feel like in the end when he was like revealing his villainous villainism, like, he really tapped into it. Yeah, I agree. So. I, I, thought he, I thought he did a great job. Yeah, but all in all, I mean, he meets his end. Uh, he warns them that he always comes back, so, of course, you got to know there's going to be a sequel. Apparently, they're already planning for it. Um which it was such a box office hit, I would oh, yeah. I would be very shocked if there wasn't a sequel. I, I think it's got to be because I don't think anyone thought this would be a hit, to be completely yeah. honest with you. 
I really did not think, to me, this came out of nowhere. And I know Five Nights at Freddy's is very popular and stuff like that, but it's also not like, it's a very niche thing. It, it, it's not like yeah. fucking like, I don't know, like a God of War movie or some shit. So it, it's a little, it, the fact that it's done what it's done while being on the streaming service at the same time is very fucking impressive. And I'm, I'm sorry for swearing myself, but it's very impressive because they're like, that doesn't happen. I mean, Halloween did that, but that's Halloween and Michael Myers and stuff. Like, a lot of the other, like, a lot of the COVID releases, there's a reason they're not doing that anymore. There's a reason they're not doing the streaming service and the movie theater, because it doesn't work. So the fact that this No, but it the money. So the, but the fact that this didn't, it's pretty impressive. It tells you what kind of a movie it is, at least. Especially maintaining that PG-13 rating, they did a really good, a really good job of writing that line and not going over it. Because with the three people breaking in and whatnot, they really could have went over it, but they didn't. Yeah. That kind of reminded me of what I've been watching in honor of Daniel's birthday, which is the Friday the 13th movies. Because uh, it was more of like an on, it was more of like an off-screen kill. It was like Kevin Bacon, oh, damn it, Daniel. It was like Kevin Bacon in the first one when he gets stabbed uh-huh. through the mattress. Like, you kind of see like it that. happen, but you kind of don't. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, but this is a movie that does not get its scares based on the kills. And that's why there's, besides that one chick getting chopped in half and that being really cool, this, this, is, a, this is a movie that's really set by its vibe. And it's talk about that a lot. Mm-hmm. But it, it is, like, this is a, a vibe, especially for being PG-13. So they can't do a lot of crazy shit. So it it's just got an eerie feeling to it. Because I will say, it is a bit scary. Uh, it does yeah. have a little bit of that to it. It, it, can, it can put some goosebumps on your arm. But yeah, especially it, because like you as the audience are seeing things happen. Yeah. Especially just like eerie moments, like when they first, uh, or when Abby's first hanging out with, with the animatronics and, uh, and Freddie and all them. And, and Mike's sitting there like, what the fuck? And the the which one's the duck one? Is that Foxy or Chica? That is Chica. All right. Well, when Chica looks Foxy at him, is and a fucking, okay, there you go. So uh, Chica winks at him, and it's very creepy. Mm-hmm. They're, they are. I gotta give it to whoever made them. They are probably even creepier than they are in the game. Because in the game, they are so creepy. Yeah, they look good. And they did an amazing job of translating that into a movie. I mean, and hats off to that little girl. She did a really good job. Because she had to go from being, like, this troubled misfit who didn't say anything to anybody but her imaginary friends to being a happy-go-lucky kid with animatronics as friends. Oh, yeah, I think that's well done. 
It was. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying, though, that the little girl, I give her credit, a little bit extra credit, because kid actors aren't, they don't normally have that much depth, depth to them. Right, right. Normally. I mean, especially because I heard that this was, I mean, and if I am wrong, go ahead and correct me, but from what I've heard, this is her first big project. So... I mean, she she reminded me of, like, the little one at the knock at the cabin. Like, there's some kids that do really well in those situations, and then there's other ones that bomb. Yeah, but, and, the, luckily, the thing is with her, though, and, and the one, and the little girl knock at the cabin is also in the same uh, kind of wavelength of her, is they don't have mm-hmm. to carry the flick. Right. It's not on their backs like they do to some kids in some of these movies to where it's like that kid, everything, like that little girl in fucking uh, the black phone about praying to Jesus and stuff. Like that movie was on her shoulders. So if she was annoying, the movie was going to be annoying. If she wasn't, the movie was going to be good. Like that, but this, you have. She was boring, so the movie was boring. Exactly. She was a bit boring, so the movie was boring. So it, it kind of lived or died with her. This one, and of course, Knock at the Cabin, because you had Batista and you had the couple, and you had so many good performances in that movie. It was just the little girl could just do what she did, and she was she was great in her in her own right. And just like in this one, and Abby, she didn't need to be the star of the show. She needed to do some shit because she had to play with the animatronics and like act like they were her friends. And she did have to do some acting here, especially kind of being you know a bit. I, I don't want to say weird, but a bit out there and whimsical and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, like communicating with these uh, monstrous things almost. And uh, even though, like, kind of Josh Hutcherson got to carry this and she just did some extra shit, uh, she, uh, she did kill it for what she was able to do. Yeah. I, I, I truly believe that. I agree with you. Yeah, that's what I was saying, because they easily could have gotten a kid from, like, the Babadook. Oh, he was an annoying little prick, though. Yeah, that kid's... That, that, that's a good example. Exactly. But Daniel knows what I'm talking about, though, Sharon, because those are two stories of loss. Yes. So they very easily could have picked an overdramatic, whiny little brat. Yeah, she did hers way better. And, and she... She came across as just like more like she didn't come across as like a, a damsel in distress either. She like helped the team a little bit. Yeah. So like like mm-hmm. I, I don't know. There's just I, I like the dynamic of her, Mike, and even the cop and her being Matthew Lillard's daughter. But even like I'm not a scumbag and her hero turn at the end. And uh, mm-hmm. the fact, even though it's another one where it's like you got stabbed through your whole fucking body, die. But it's still like it's okay. I guess it's all right. She can survive. I'm just tired of these fucking movies. Like it's just so fucking. It's like I get it if it's like a stab to the side or something. But I'm tired of watching somebody die and then it's like nope, not dead. Just because it's a movie. And it's like I get it. We're in a movie. But it's like this is just you telling me we're in a movie because I just watched this fucking person die. And then on the opposite side, we have a movie that we've also reviewed called um, She Came from the Woods with, you know where I'm going with, right? With Danny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Danny, he only, gets, he only gets knifed in the side twice, and they even bring that up. And he bleeds like a skewered pig. Yeah. 
And so, I mean, just think, people. Go out there, educate yourself. Educate. If you're if you're gonna make a movie where people die, I agree with you. Because I've just, seen it happen both ways. I mean, even in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Sally had like a 17 minute like death scene. Yes. And in the first two minutes, she got sawed in half, and she's still talking. It's like what? <laughs> There's times when you can do it and it's good, like in the body that we reviewed, check that out in the archives, when uh, the, the 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 girl that he's with, he, he fucking stabs her, but it's like a stand to the side, I mean, it could have hit an artery, who knows, but, and you, it closes, it does pan up on her face, so it kind of gives you the illusion, oh, maybe she's dead, but that one's like, it's not like... In screen in the newest scream, where fucking Randy's nephew is fucking like getting stabbed fourteen like fucking different times by three different people, and he's bleeding out of his fucking beauty. eyes. Huh? Yeah, he, he got fucking dude. He's bleeding out of places you don't even bleed out of, and he's fucking like, oh no, we're here, core four. It's like no motherfucker, you're dead. Go away. And I, I liked him. It's but, like Dewey and Scream too. Yeah, it's like. I, I'm cool with the old, old, oh, no, but it's like make it a little realistic, I guess. At least like, I don't know, just don't fucking like, don't kill him. I agree. <laughs> like, I, but, uh, I, I, I agree. He better have a limp or something this next movie because I'm calling yeah. bullshit if he, he doesn't. He better be a little fucked up from it. I thought this movie was <laughs> incredibly good though, Mindy. I enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed it very much so as well. Um, not one of the scariest movies we've tackled, but definitely suspenseful. And as for a PG-13, it was very spooky. It was a lot spookier than a lot of other PG-13s that have come across our way. Yeah, um, honestly, like, creepy so enough. They did a good yeah. job with it. They did a damn good job. Yeah. So the difference is, that I was going to tell you guys about is that Mike Schmidt is actually not Mike Schmidt in the games. He's actually Mike Afton. What's the importance he is of that? Mike. He is uh, the games himself. And oh, the in, the, in the video games? he He's Mike Afton, yeah. not Mike Schmidt. No. And who's Mike Afton? He's related, he's that, related to Will. I know, but what's what's? That's just the character. It's a different last name. He's related to William Ampton. Okay. Related to the killer or something, right? Yes. Yes. Instead of the serial killer having a daughter, he has a son. And Mike's at Freddy Fazbear's as the security guard. That's fire. Do you think so, they'll tie that I in mean, the sequel? Um, or they fucked up already because they already did the last name. I don't know how they're going to do the sequel. Um, like I told my fiance in the car, I feel like they could do it multiple ways. I also feel like they could also put a prequel in there. And no one would be bad. So I'm not sure. I mean, unfortunately, I am a firm believer in 
if it's not fixed, don't if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah. And also, and also, I am a firm believer in the original is the best. But, but we'll have to, we'll have to see what happens. Yeah. Overall, I give it an eight. I thought it was a very good movie. Yeah, I, I would give it. I would give it an eight at least. Because I mean, it had it had freaky moments. It also, I mean, it had something splashed in there for everybody. Yeah, it did. So, I would say happy Halloween, everybody. Catering. All right, guys. Hootie hoo. Happy Halloween. Make sure to. Wear all your scary costumes and good stuff and whatnot. If any of y'all are in the Lansdale area, come stop by the Montgomeryville Mall and say hello. I might give you some candy. There you go. And that's just because I don't know if I'm getting candy from my bosses yet. So, hootie hoo, y'all. Have a happy, safe Halloween. Absolutely. Have a good one. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.